Welcome along to Staff Treats. My name is Catherine Wilson and today we're joined by someone who is no stranger to us here at Staff Treats. His name is Ben Francis and he is from our parent company. He's one of our directors at our parent company, Exec. Great to have you on the show today, Ben. Welcome along. Great to be here. Hi, Ben. So can you tell me exactly what it is you do with Exec? Sure thing. So I'm director of operations and I am also director of HR. So I look after basically how we manage and deliver all of the services that we deliver and um, basically our company has oh goodness about 250 clients at Exec, mostly large public companies so we have clients in defense we have clients in accounting law financial services so almost all of them household names and so we basically help them with reward and recognition and so my role is to support all of our colleagues, of which we have, oh goodness, about 60 now across the business in our UK office and also in our New York office. And so um, basically that's what I do. Thanks for that, Ben. So what I want to know now is you said that you are in some way partnered with Staff Traits. How is Exec partnered as a parent company of mm-hmm. Staff Traits and what exactly did they do? Sure thing. So Exec um, was founded about 20 years ago. And uh, we have been we're one of the first companies in our space building reward and recognition solutions. And so we've acquired, like I said, about 250 companies now, large, massive multinationals often. And um, we've been helping them engage, reward, and motivate their employees. And so to give an example, it's just, you know, re- engagement isn't really that tangible. So to just sort of give an example, if we take a client of ours, like Goldman Sachs or General Electric, we give them an ability ability to roll out to all of their employees software that they can use to get discounts and additional benefits on anything that they might buy. We also have concierge and lifestyle support services so they can call our team and we will support them with things which they need to get done or bookings or restaurants or we've also got a travel booking team where they can use basically us to take care of the details of things which they would be doing say, for example, booking a holiday or a hotel, this kind of thing. And so we give their employees these tools to help them be more effective and to save time, but more importantly, to save money. Obviously, <laughs> it's a really important kind of element of what we do. And a typical kind of employee can save between one and, and three thousand pounds a year by using our software and actually by logging into our portal and actually utilizing it. So. Just so it gives you a bit of a flavor of what exactly we do at Exec and what we're delivering to all of these companies. But actually we realized as we've sort of been working with all of these large major brands that smaller enterprises had different needs. And so if you're a 10 person company, you still want obviously to recognize and reward all of your employees, but you, you maybe don't have a huge team of people whose job it is just dedicated to figuring out how best to do that, which obviously a lot of our major international multinational clients do have that. And so we have created this turnkey offering for those types of companies, which has become Staff Treats. And so that is what Staff Treats really is. It's a way for a small company to actually reward, motivate and engage their employees through software, through our portal, and just basically they can buy it and we've thought through from all the learnings that we've taken from having all of these experiences with our larger clients and we've distilled it down into what what a small company really needs and what their employees are really going to benefit from. 
That really does answer my question, so thank you for that. But I have a question for you personally now. Mm-hmm. Do you think in modern times that SMEs and or larger companies are doing it better for their staff? So who is providing better morale for their staff and, and actually you know, showing them the recognition that they deserve? Would it be SMEs or those larger corporate companies? Hmm, it's an interesting question. I mean, I would say typically the PLCs, the larger companies, have a more sort of headspace for this type of thinking. They certainly have dedicated reward people within their organizations often whose only job it is is to think about how this is done. And so from what we've seen, typically larger companies have better provisions for this type of activity, certainly for rewarding and motivating. In SMEs, it's not that they maybe don't care as much. I mean, it's more of a family environment. And so you've got a smaller team. So if you've got 10 people and everybody's in one room, it's, it's a different environment. You're not necessarily having formal programs for your reward and recognition structures, but it might be more like a family. And so you'd get rewarded in different ways and recognized in different ways um, than a, a large company. But typically larger companies do sort of do this, not better, but in a more structured way. And it includes probably more benefits and things like what we would basically offer our our platform and that kind of stuff. So what three things would you say, Ben, that companies need to do more of in order to motivate their current personnel that they have within their companies? So I hate exhaustive lists of just the three things because obviously being a good employer, that's the main thing. And and obviously that's different depending on what kind of company you are and what you do. So um, that being said, I think the most important thing from from, uh, how can you be effective as a business is to get the right people in the right roles. And so if you can do that, then motivating them will have a massive effect, obviously. So hiring being being kind of a given, that that's a critical and important step. Motivating them, there is a massive element, which is rewarding them properly and appropriately for what they do. So everybody understands when they're not being rewarded properly. And I think a lot of businesses don't necessarily have the ability to sort of take the person out of the role and reward the role. So for example, a lot of the time you will see people who are hired into a business, maybe in a more junior role, and they might progress dramatically and be getting more and more and more senior over time, but that improvement is only visible to the outside, not inside. So once you're in a business, it's really easy to just take that person for granted over time. And actually, if there's one thing that I would say, and I would, I would just put it back to one thing, rather than, as opposed to your three, which is that if they could just separate that individual and their kind of experience of that person. So if you, if you hired somebody in at a junior salary and they've progressed over time into a more senior role, to be able to actually say, well, that person deserves potentially a huge increase compared to, say, for example, where they started. And that, it doesn't have to be, So a lot of companies take a time-based approach to reward. So if we take salary as the main kind of, as the main function of how we reward people, they don't stop to consider the actual individual's role that they've now taken on. And so you might actually have to completely change the compensation expectations that you had around that individual if you promote somebody beyond a certain level. And a lot of companies can't get their head around that. And where, where they leave themselves is having, that person has to leave in order to be able to obtain a proper assessment of their current skill set and a appropriate market value, which is crazy because actually there's a lot of investment in that individual. There's a lot of things which they know. And if they are progressing well within the business and they are being promoted and they are seeing potentially more seniority or improvements, 
you should try and retain that person. And the easiest thing to do to actually retain and motivate all of your employees is to reward the ones that are doing a great job. And something I thought of there, um, I hope, hopefully you can answer this question, is there anything that you've seen a business, maybe a, a large business, a corporate business, or a smaller SME, um, that they're doing that's out of the box, outside the box, it's outside the norm, and you wouldn't usually expect businesses to do it, but it's actually working for them? Is there anything you could tell me that you've noticed recently? So, there is so much. <laughs> I mean, we're in a really interesting time. There is so much experimentation happening out there now. I mean, there are a few kind of just spring off the top, off the top of my head. So transparency is becoming a major thing and actually it's becoming pretty obvious that the more transparent and open you are with people, the more responsibility they take and the better they operate. Because if you know exactly how you're moving the needle for a business, then you can really take charge of that. And if you're the right type of person, which sort of pulls back to our hiring, if you've hired the right people, then they'll really respond well to this. And so there's an example of a company which is doing this at a, what some might call a crazy level, which is Buffer. Um, they're a social media marketing marketing company. They literally publish the salaries of all of their employees on the internet, and you can just go and have a look at what everybody in the entire company, right from the CEO to the most junior person, earns. You can just Google it, and it will be the first link. Buffer salaries, just which is that is an example of absolute radical transparency. So this whole thing started quite a number of years ago, and probably one of the most famous examples is a guy called Ray D Ray Dalio. Hopefully I'm saying it correctly, um, who have founded a firm called Bridgewater. So Bridgewater is one of the largest hedge funds in the world. And they record, so his, his book, Principles, fantastic book, it's all about open book management styles and philosophies. And basically, they video all the meetings and they share those with the whole company. So imagine, imagine how much transparency. So, so these types of, the, so as an example of something that some people might say crazy, but it's really worked for them. I mean, they're one of the largest, most sort of top performing hedge funds in the world. So there are some interesting things happening uh, across, across a lot of different businesses. I mean, thinking of just a couple more, sort of just while we're on the subject, there is one which I am fascinated by as an experiment because they've basically taken salary and, and reward and completely turned it on its head. So they pay everybody the same. So there's a company, it's called Gravity Payments, and their CEO, just one day, after having a, a conversation with a junior employee, decided, actually, do you know what? We're going to pay everybody. So the junior employee was complaining that they weren't earning enough, as pretty much I think everybody has experienced at some point in their careers. And, and basically, the outcome of that conversation, after a lot of reflection, obviously, from the management team, was, right, well, we're going to raise everybody's salary to 70000 Everybody in the whole company will earn 70000 So there are some really interesting experiments happening. I mean, their response to that so the, the market's response to that has been crazy. They've, they've increased profits, growth. So these types of things can absolutely be massive um, drivers for success for a company. But I think obviously not everybody wants to take that kind of level of crazy steps. But certainly being a more open, being transparent, definitely great ideas. Rewarding people appropriately and making sure that you've got rewards and, and that that's top of mind, that you're really thinking about that. That's obviously also a massive one. So there are certain lessons that you can take, even if you're not going to video every meeting or you know, give everybody exactly the same salary. There are definitely lessons to be learned from those types of philosophies, absolutely. Another major trend, which I'm sort of really thinking is a, is a huge potential one sort of that will come in over the next, say, 20 years, is remote working. But 
there are some companies out there that take that to the nth. So, you know, some businesses now are looking at it as, oh, well, we'll allow our employees half a day a week to work from home or this kind of thing. Or if they've got a, an appointment, they can, you know, dial in to the office from their, from their house or whatever. But there are some companies that are taking that to the absolute sort of end of that sort of thought process, which is instead of just having the local kind of candidate pool that we've got for a specific role, they're going global. They're saying, well, we'll hire anybody and we'll reward them as we would somebody maybe even in the local market. And they could be working from Azerbaijan, from Alaska, from anywhere in the world. And we'll have this massive talent pool now. And there are great examples of that. GitLab, they've literally fully remote team. Um, there are lots of great companies now experimenting with. So Stripe is another one. It's a big kind of you know, international company that probably many people have heard of. And they're, they're upping the bar for hiring by making it global and saying, we'll just take anybody from anywhere. And we've got the processes, the systems, the infrastructure in place to be able to measure those people by what they do and what value they're delivering, as opposed to how often they're at their desk, which is often the measure that, say, historically was used to judge how effective you are. And so, yeah, there are so many things, I think, that companies now uh, could do. And it, but I guess, I guess it can become quite confusing for a, lot of, for a lot of people to decide what to do exactly. So, Ben, looking back now at the companies you work for mm -hmm. and the people that you work with yeah. at XExec and Staff Traits, what would you say is the best things that you implement um, within the business for staff morale and that all-important work-life balance? Sure. Uh, well, so it's interesting because we've got lots of case study examples um, on our on xexec.com. So we've got quite a few good case studies from the larger companies and also on stafftreats.com. Uh, and we've got these good examples, but to just some of them that spring to mind right now, certainly our concierge service and the lifestyle support that we give, I think can be really very valuable. Certainly if people are time poor and they need help with doing things, I mean, it takes a bit of an adjustment about learning how to use something like that. So how do you actually use it, for example, an on-demand personal assistant, which is effectively what we provide. Uh, but if you can work it into your life, it's a really powerful thing because some of those things, like for example, if you're trying to book a holiday, say for a family of four, and you want to multiple different destinations, you've got a complex itinerary, that can take a long time. You know, it could be, you know, days, maybe even weeks of figuring out and, and research and things. And so... If you could work with us and, and our specialists, we can simplify that whole process. And even better, we can get you a deal on the end cost of it all. So you'll pay less and somebody else will deal with all of the specifics and the details for you. So that's a great example of how we're helping work-life balance because we're freeing people up to do more with their time by not having to focus on things like that. That is brilliant, and I'm signing up to that immediately. I, I love that. So that's the concierge part of the company so, then. Yeah. Um, so they will do the little mundane things that are very important, but they're also so they're, they're, they take a lot of time because you want to get that best deal, of course. Yeah. Um, so more about the work-life balance. Um, is there anything that you advise the staff that you work with to do to free up more of their time? Um, do you recommend the gym? Um, what do you like to do? What do you like to do is probably a better question. What do you like to do in your free time and how do you um, establish your better work-life balance? Ah, so um, hmm, it's an interesting question. So <laughs> I guess I would call it more of a kind of continuum. And I think it's not work if you, if you kind of classify it maybe differently in your mind. I do spend a lot of time thinking about 
thinking about things that relate to work. Mm. And I suppose when you're a director, certainly in my role, um, it's a complicated thing because you have to basically spend a lot of time thinking about those things. Um, but I do obviously enjoy doing a lot of physical activity. And I think doing, doing something physical every day, whatever it is, so whether it be walking, you know, a brisk walk, even a half hour brisk walk, or as I'm, I'm doing a lot of uh, in the gym now prep for our ski holiday. So doing something where you're physical, definitely can set you up for sort of a good and successful productive day so i certainly find if i don't do that if i don't allocate that half hour at least to actually do something physical certainly in the mornings then i'm yeah that's something which can affect me and my productivity maybe in the day but i would advise anyone who i work with i mean to try and do that in fact actually one of the things that we've done as a as a recent initiative uh, a company initiative is we've rolled out fitbits to the entire company and um, we have a sort of informal competition going on who can do the most steps and who can sort of do the most activity. And that's really been a game changer, shall we say, for some of the people who previously maybe didn't monitor how much activity they were doing. And it's a brilliant quote, Peter Drucker, what gets measured gets managed. So it sounds like management speak, but it's absolutely true. If you start monitoring something, you start looking at how much of something you do, it's really going to be something that improves almost invariably because it just, you're aware of it now. And so... That's one of the things that we've been trying to do as a company is to get more physical, get more active. And um, we've seen a lot of success just in the last few weeks of rolling out a 2020 initiative to give everybody a Fitbit. So, uh, yeah. So, Ben, we've been hearing a lot recently about companies that are allowing staff to work remotely, work from home. And do you think that they should be paid as much as people that have to go into an office every day, have to attend meetings, etc.? Um, what's your feelings on this? Well, so it's, it's really interesting and it's sort of one of those areas where you probably have to take a case-by-case -case view depending on the company and there's a lot of history that you have to factor in because people are already obviously within these businesses and so you have to kind of maintain the status quo to a point and it has to be a transition. It can't just be tomorrow we're going to change everything. That's just obviously not going to go down very well with everyone. That being said, it's sort of up there with one of those issues that you might kind of look at, like for example, holiday. So if you've got a lot of remote workers, I mean, some companies are saying, let's just allow people to have as much holiday as they want. And the thing I guess it all boils back to is if you've got a robust set of processes and you can measure the outputs, you can measure the KPI achievements, the objectives, there's a fantastic set of frameworks around objectives and key results, pioneered by a guy called John Doerr from Intel and he took it to Google and it sort of came out of Silicon Valley but it's this brilliant kind of way of looking at how you how you deliver value in an organization and how you ensure that everybody's pushing constantly and so if you've got really clear kind of guidelines and you understand exactly what everybody's delivering I don't see any reason why you shouldn't pay them in line with what you were paying other people who deliver the same value so I think that's the crux of it is if companies can get clear on what value is being derived from everybody's roles then they're absolutely able to then pay based on that value as opposed to based on how many hours you do in an office because ultimately that isn't what the company's trying to get out of an employee they're not trying to have you sitting in a desk or and actually it shouldn't matter in an ideal world it wouldn't matter whether you were sitting at home or whether you were sitting in an office it's just not really relevant to the conversation if you're super clear about what that person does that being said some roles like for example if you're front of house reception then obviously it doesn't matter that you sit in at the reception to greet everybody so it just depends on the roles i suppose but um yeah i think the most important thing is being clear about what value that person is going to deliver for that in that role for that business and if you can do that well then you can you're open to experimenting in a lot of these different things
And I think a lot of that comes down to trust as well, being a trustworthy employee and trusting your employees. Um, That was a great answer. Thank you so much for that. So, Ben, is there anything you can think of that companies and SMEs aren't already doing that they should be doing in further to reward, engage with their staff and, of course, utilise them to the best of their abilities? Yeah, so if there was one thing which I think a lot of companies could maybe do better or if there is a thing which they could change the way they think about maybe to improve reward specifically but also recognition of of employees it would be to actually value the roles as opposed to the history rather than looking at the history that somebody's had with the business to actually look at the role they're doing and the value which they which the business obtains from them doing that effectively and to value that and to reward that it's really difficult i think for people to separate themselves out to actually take the people element out of that decision making but it's really important because otherwise you will really struggle to retain the top performers so if you're lucky as a business and you recruit somebody that's on a rapid trajectory and they're really quickly improving they're either gaining professional qualifications or they're getting real meaningful tangible commercially valuable skills businesses often struggle to to value that properly and then you are left as an employee or the employee is left in a world where they have to go to the external job market in order to be able to have that recognized. So if, if companies can notice that, to understand that, that sort of bias which they have, which is to not see change because they're so close to it. If something changes every single day, you don't see it as well as somebody who's seeing it for the first time. If they cannot do that, then they will manage to reward, recognize and retain those top performers definitely much more than if they don't so that's something that i've seen a lot of times that actually is such an easy fix but you do have to be consciously aware of your biases and actually that that is one of the major things which holds a lot of a lot of companies back i think lots of really helpful tips there ben so i appreciate you coming to see us today thank you so much and thank you so much for watching today i've been Catherine wilson and this has been staff traits don't forget to like and subscribe see you soon